Welcome to The Thing About Austin, a podcast about Jane Austen's world. I'm Zan. And I'm Diane. And this episode, we're talking about Austin Con 2021. We are so excited to welcome our guest, Sharmini Kumar, who will be joining us for our discussion about Austin Con 2021. Sharmini is the founder and artistic director of 24 Karat Productions, a production company based in Melbourne, Australia. She has written, directed, and produced many performance pieces, short films, and radio documentaries. Sharmini loves Austin's humor and wit and particularly likes to explore issues that are not often highlighted in adaptations of Austin's work. Her side gig, as she so charmingly puts it, is working as a medical doctor. <laughs> Just casually throw that in there for us. Just casually throw that in there. <laughs> so welcome, Sharmini. We're so glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we know that we are like headed right into Austin Con. It's coming right around the corner. So before we, we talk about this year's specific Austin Con, can you talk to us a little bit about how Austin Con started? What was the inspiration and impetus for starting this con? Yeah, so I, um, I'm not a massive like Comic Con person, but we do have something similar here in Australia. And some friends of mine and I, we'd just finished a show that was about Austin and we'd attended this kind of event and there was, you know, dancing and stuff like that. And I said, wouldn't it be cool if you could have like a whole event that was sort of like you had the dancing and you had all that other stuff, but it was a bit more like Comic Con where it was a bit more kind of had lots of lots more different stuff kind of going on as well. And that was when uh, we had the idea to do it. My friend just Google just sat, sat on Google on her phone for, for a little while and just went, you know, nobody's running any events anywhere in the world called Austin Con. We could take that. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and I went, you know that if you say things like that to me, I'm going to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so then we did. Excellent. Excellent. So how do you go about organizing such a large event? Specifically, like, what are the considerations in terms of programming and content? Like, how are you putting all those pieces together? I'm thinking, especially in the early days, you could basically do anything. So how do you decide what you want it to be? Yeah, so we wanted, we knew we wanted to have a mix of different kinds of events. So we knew we wanted to have like talks and sort of more academic, but kind of in quote marks, but yeah, this stuff to think about. Here's something to think about, but also different things like, Regency era craft and dancing and stuff like that. So the, the whole spectrum. So it was all, it's always been about getting a balance of those kinds of things and always been for me as well about trying to get a balance of input that that is from a perspective that you don't often get or don't always get with Austin. So getting people of colour, getting LGBT perspectives, yeah, getting some different kind of thoughts and input into what Austin means and how we interact with Austin now. So those are the considerations that we have while planning it. And then we reach out to a bunch of people. And recently we've started doing calls for proposals. Yeah. And the other thing we kind of look for as well is, is the capacity in the session to be able to do something that's both a little bit kind of actiony or doing people getting doing things as well as thinky, like something to think about as well. I love that the focus of some of the, the sessions that I've seen, you know, coming up for this this year's program. I love how it's exactly like you kind of mentioned the, the range of topics that are being discussed and the topics themselves in terms of like, you know, we have we have one that's talking about Mr. Darcy as a neurodivergent character. I know that you are presenting with one of your colleagues on the East India Company. And it's it, those are things that are so relevant to Austin's world, but that, that just kind of like fly under the radar. And so I love the concept behind his. 
like it's not necessarily about imposing something new onto yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about kind of actually discovering what's in there. Exactly. That hasn't always been to the attention of people who have been into Austin since Austin did her thing. Yeah, and maybe, you know, definitely a slightly modern lens. Obviously, the term neurodivergent wasn't invented and back then. But it sure existed. Absolutely. Like, yeah, these aren't like new concepts. No, exactly. It's just yeah. they're getting the right kind of airtime, I think, now. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what we want to do with it is to get more people to engage with those kinds of ideas and to, to get more of those conversations happening around Austin. And, and I mean, not, not just Austin, but the way we approach historical fiction and fiction in general. Absolutely. Yeah. Even pamphlets that you'll be talking about, you know, that's that's a way that, that women often were able to get their ideas out into the, the marketplace. So it really touches on ideas about feminism. And we kind of think about Austin often as like female, like it's coded as being women's fiction or women's stories, which, you know, it's largely about women by a woman. So that's fair enough in one sense, but not often feminist in that kind of sense. So exploring the spaces where women were able to assert themselves, for example, by pamphleteering, is that the right word? Yeah, absolutely. Is interesting to me. And, you know, one of the reasons we were excited about your talk proposal. I mean, also scandal is fun, you know. (laughs) Well, you know, who doesn't like a good scandal, really? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and that is part of Ben why for me, been just so fun to see everybody getting into Bridgerton and just like, mm. oh, look, all these things I've always been interested in and now they've gone totally mainstream. And it's quite lovely to see that. I'm like, yes, everybody get on board this train. <laughs> yeah. And I think Bridgerton, like I kind of think of Bridgerton as a start in terms of representation and understanding that world. I think there's more to be said about about women, about race, about class, oh, about, sure. you know, all of that stuff in that era. So if, if it's an in, fabulous. Right. Yeah, the the amount of work that Bridgerton has done for Georgian studies, for Regency studies, for Jane Austen, mm. it's been a, like a really positive, like you say, starting point. I mean, the work isn't done, but it's been such a wonderful mainstream platform to kind of build from because we don't have to do the same kind of leg, legwork because there's now a cultural reference point for just the mainstream. Well, you, we don't have to do the legwork just in terms of getting some people interested who in the past would have been like, ugh, ugh you know, yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. You're like, oh, and can I interest you in this book called Sense and Sensibility? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then they may very well be like, oh, this is quite different from the Netflix show. And it's like, yes, but. (laughs) (laughs) So what are your kind of larger goals for the con? And what do you hope that people who attend Austin Con take away from the event? Uh, which we want to try and build it, build the audience that we have. And ideally, we want to make this like San Diego Comic Con one day. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I mean, that's like a five to 10 year goal. But we, we want to give people a great time. So it's that's first and foremost is we want to give people a great time. And there is fun stuff to do. I'm not sure if I should be saying this. I'm going to say it anyway. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we have just had delivered a life-size cardboard cutout of Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy. Yes. <laughs> Excellent, excellent, excellent. I'm so disappointed that we won't be attending in person. In person, right? <laughs> I, we can Photoshop, don't you worry. Oh, um, good. And we've got like, you know, I'm just currently organizing actors to do different Austin characters to do like a speed dating game where people can meet and spend five minutes at a time with different Austin characters. I love it. Ask them whatever within reason, you know. Um, so, so, you know, first and foremost, we want people to have fun, right? Right. And we, we also want people to, in my mind, there's like two kinds of Austin fans. There's like the 
uh, kind of I love the world kind of people, the people who love to, to dress up and do the dancing and, and maybe get into some sewing and, and stuff like that. And then there's people who like to kind of read all the academic articles about it and maybe think about all the different you know, aspects of it from all the different angles. And I kind of want those people to meet each other and maybe find out some of the other sort of fun stuff about the way that the other people interact with Austin, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. So it's it's designed to be like a, a community making kind of event and community gathering around Austin to yeah facilitate those kinds of conversations, if that makes sense. So really the whole event is like friendship speed dating is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love it. What are you kind of most looking forward to with this year's con? I mean, Colin Firth cut out. It's it's a highlight already. Know. <laughs> it is definitely a highlight. And it's like, it's like six foot. It's, it's incredible. Excellent. <laughs> I think what I'm really looking forward to this year is being able to get people online, interacting with people in real life and fostering some of those conversations like literally across the globe. Yeah, being able to do like a, you know, like a live streamed like with YouTube from America, uh, with people from Australia asking questions and then you like judging the pamphlet competition like across continents. That to me is really exciting. Absolutely. Being able to do that in person, like having some people gather and be able to dance in the same room as each other. I think Regency dancing is so great for a pandemic because it's like socially distant. You kind of keep 1.5 meters away from your partner, you know? (laughs) And it's still super scandalous. Uh, Yeah, but still being able to involve people from overseas, like in real time, I just, that is what I'm really looking forward to. Can you talk to us a little about the other work you have done with 24 Karat Productions, especially as regards adapting Austin? 24 Karat actually started with an Austin adaptation. Officially, so I'd been doing theatre and, and things for years. And then around the 200th anniversary of Austin's death, I was talking to somebody and, and about a idea I had for a persuasion adaptation and we were offered a small commission to help that go ahead. And then I was like, you know what, this should be a real thing that we do. So that was an adaptation of persuasion. After that, we started Austin Con and we decided that every year we would do an Austin adaptation. So we've done Persuasion, Pride and Prejudice, uh, which wasn't strictly a musical, but did. I sort of got went into a, a sort of ancient Greek theatre thing and, and we had nice. like a chorus and had some songs through it. Then we did a, a PNP in five years, so five years down the track. from Oh, from excellent. Time, so like a little reunion of that and that was a lot of fun. Then uh, last year for the pandemic, we did an online thing and it was like a modern online class about Emma, the novel, but some of the characters from the novel were in the class. Oh, okay. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really meant that you could kind of discuss, you could really put contemporary people literally in conversation with the novel because the characters from the novel were in it. Oh, that's a fun concept. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And obviously we could do it in lockdown, which mm-hmm. was how we did it last year. So this year we had been planning a full musical of Sense and Sensibility. But for unable to rehearse in person reasons, that's been put off to next year. Something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah something to look for. Well, it's been put forward to the start of next year because the thing that I've been thinking about in terms of Austin adaptations is I've been trying hard to push conversations in them about class, about gender, about the, the way that Austin approaches what we would now call feminism, about race. And even if we were to sort of, you know, colorblind cast or color conscious cast, it doesn't 
it's not the same thing, I don't think, as writing a piece that actually deals with with it overtly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So my plan for next year for the Austin Con piece is a Mansfield Park adaptation where Fanny is biracial. Yeah, I've been thinking, just been thinking a lot about that. And it's, it's great to talk about issues around what happens to the servants in these cases and what, like, what is the relationship in Sense and Sensibility to the East India Company. That's one of my little obsessions. And in Persuasion, the relationship between the Navy and slavery and that kind of stuff like that. But when you, when it's actually a person in the cast, I think that makes it a, a big difference. I think you're absolutely right that putting, putting it literally on the stage makes a big difference, right? You know, that it's, so that it's not peripheral. It's something that, that is central to the way that mm. you've, this con- the concept works, the story works. Yeah. So for just, just in China, like it's an evolving process for me and for our company to think about how we do that and how we bring different voices and perspectives. And with, you know, with P&P and Five, we, we had, this is a spoiler for the play, <laughs> uh, but we had Kitty revealing that she is attracted to women. And what does that mean in that time and place? You know, it means you can't marry the person of your choice or be sort of out in that way. But what, you know, that just discussing what that means and how you, right. how you would nav- navigate that. And then trying to bring those conversations like with Sense, uh, sense and Sensibility, we have a friend of Brandon's who he met in India that's come into the conversation to discuss a lot of those things. But again, a peripheral character. And so with Mansfield Park, trying to make that issue a little bit more central in the main character. And it's not it's not far fetched in terms of Austin's world. Like her father, like they lived in Portsmouth, and there were right. so many sailors from right. India because of the you know the shipping trade with the East India Company that it would sort of dump all these Indian sailors there and you know uh, take a whole lot of different people back over. So it's not it's not far fetched in terms of what the, the story could actually be. Absolutely, there's like such a booming industry in trade, right, for Austin retellings and. The ones that I find most interesting are the ones that, like you are doing, I think do some more interesting things with the dynamics, with the cultural context. And do we not all want to see Henry Golding in the adaptation of Persuasion? Oh my gosh. Zan has already had to listen to me, like, basically, like, I can't breathe, you know? And I'm very sympathetic to this, like, full-on anticipation, like, so excited. Although I'm still a bit like, "Mm, how is he not the Wentworth? How is he not Wentworth? He's Wentworth material, though, right? Is this going to be a full retelling where we're all, as an audience, thinking, I don't know, man, you should have married your cousin because... um... (laughs) Because he's Henry Golding? (laughs) I now feel like we're being quite unfair to the actor who's been cast as Wentworth, but the heart wants what it wants, and my heart wants Henry Golding, so... (laughs) And you are not alone. (laughs) I think it's because, too, of course, like, one of the first still images we have is him, the full period dress, sitting in that chair, just looking like... He's handsome and he knows it, which is not a vibe I'm always into when it comes to a character. But with him, it really works for me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but maybe it'll be the thing. I feel like there's some kind of something in the universe where I feel like if you get cast in one Austin adaptation, you will now you be get cast sucked in like 14 again. Austin mm-hmm. adaptations. So maybe he will be like a Darcy or a Colonel Brandon or, or something Ooh, for us. Yeah, someday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. He could be a great Mr. Knightley. You know, I yes, think these are all yes, good options. Yes. Like, like, is there, is there a lead where he doesn't fit? He could probably pull it all Pretty off. Pretty much yeah. any of them, right? Because like, I was in my head, I was like, Tilney. Yep, Tilney. Thank you for coming to the Henry Golding fan cast. <laughs> <laughs> but see, even just the fact that we have gone off for like five minutes on Henry Golding, 
This is why we need more of these like really exciting casting choices, really exciting ways of retelling the story. I'm just kind of interested too in what they're going to do with that because initially when I thought they saw they'd cast um, Henry Golding, I jumped to the, the assumption, as all of us did, that of course he would be Wentworth. And then I was like, oh, that's really interesting to have like a connection with East Asia and he's a captain. And, and then I saw him cast in Australia and I was like, it could have worked for sure. It could totally have worked, right, in terms of, in terms of like making that fit the story and actually saying something about, you know, the global trade, global trade in Austin's mm-hmm. time and saying something about the multiculturalism of Britain Absolutely. in Austin's time and all of that kind of stuff. And while we're talking about this, slightly off subject, but it's just one of those things that is like always in my heart and I feel like I need to put it out into the universe more often. All I want is a Pride and Prejudice adaptation with Deb Patel as Mr. Bingley. Like that is at the very top of my of my list. That is at the top of my wish list. I just feel like he oh, yeah. is the perfect Mr. Bingley. <laughs> yeah. If I may, if I may add to that. Mm, please. With John Boyega as Mr. Darcy. Okay, okay, yes, please. Dreamcasting has been handled. (laughs) I can see them as besties. I can see that dynamic. Yeah, I'm in. Call us Hollywood. We've got ideas. Uh Uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. So so what would you like our listeners to know about Austin Con or 24 Karat Productions or any of the work that that you're doing? What's what's kind of like the big takeaway that you would want our our listeners to know? That you should come. (laughs) Agreed. <laughs> that it is online, um, so it is accessible for people uh, all across the world, and we will have the videos available for two days a week, something like that, afterwards. So you won't miss out, even though we are technically in Australia in your future. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that we are we're interested in Austin. We're inter- we, we do lots of other stuff too. So not all not all our work is Austin related, but it's stuff that we try to make accessible. It's stuff that we try to make fun. It's stuff that we try to. Maybe also have a little bit to say about women, about history, about people of colour, about marginalised communities. But it's not like homework, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> this stuff is fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I want people to know. Well, where can people find you online, find information about the con online, buy tickets for Austin Con, all of that? Our website is 24caratproductions.com. So 24, the number, 24 Carrot like the vegetable. Yes, it is a pun. I, I, I think I'll be only be apologizing for that forever, but yes. 24 Carrot Productions, all one word, dot com. We also have an Instagram and there is a separate Instagram for Austin Con, which is just Austin Con, C-O-N, all one handle, um, where you'll be able to see information about some of our lovely presenters, including the two of you. We're very excited for. Is it is it a super inconvenient time for you? It's no, it's actually not too bad. Late in the evening. No, it'll be fine. Okay, <laughs> better than us having to get up at like four o'clock in the morning. Okay, okay, because I believe <laughs> somebody is presenting at like eleven p.m. their time, which on a Friday night, which is a bit harsh. Yeah, Sam Hurst uh, is going to be talking about the gothic stuff, and they they're just super knowledgeable about that. Well, 11 p.m. is a perfect time to be talking about the gothic, I think. This is also true. I had not thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> and in the Northern Hemisphere, it'll be dark and spooky. So actually, that works really well. Yeah. Okay. Great. I feel, I'm not going to feel bad about that one anymore. <laughs> it was intentional. Very deliberate. Absolutely. Totally intentional. And you people will be able to participate even even on Zoom, working super hard to make everything available to to get involved with the crafts and stuff like that. Um, we're doing Zoom sessions with our speed dating game. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. You will still be able to meet Mr. Collins online. Don't you 
thank you again so much for joining us yes, today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Thank you again to Sharmini Kumar for joining us for this discussion. You can find out more about AustinCon 2021, as well as Sharmini's additional projects at 24caratproductions.com. Additionally, the fourth annual AustinCon will be happening Saturday, the 6th of November, 2021. And you can check out the program and purchase tickets at 24 Carat Productions as well. Um, online access to the con is only $20. So we'd love to see you there. You can find us on Instagram at the thing about Austin and on Twitter at Austin underscore things. And we just wanted to say that we are so appreciative of all the support for the podcast. So we wanted to start sharing some of the very kind five-star reviews we've been receiving on Apple Podcasts. Sarah from Arizona had this to say, I have found my people. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. This is exactly the kind of Austin content I've been looking for. My nerd heart is so happy. And that just makes our nerd heart so happy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And join us next week when we talk with our guest, Dr. Lynn Festa, about Harriet's Riddle Book. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.